0: Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Becky.
1: Directed by Jonathan Millot and Carrie Murnion, Becky is the action thriller film starring Lulu Wilson, Kevin James and Joel McHale, described as Home Alone meets Saw. Becky is in cinemas now in certain territories, so if you haven't watched the film yet but you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We
0: will be talking spoilers. Originally scheduled to have its world premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival in April 2020, but was postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Becky found its release on VOD and select driving cinemas in June 2020 in certain territories. Here in Australia... We have just gotten Becky's theatrical release. Jason, you have the plot.
1: Spunky and rebellious Becky, played by Lily Wilson, tries to reconnect with her father, played by Joel McHale, during a weekend getaway at a lakefront house. But the trip soon takes a turn for the worse when convicts on the run, led by the merciless Dominic, played by Kevin James, suddenly invade the home. Back up, Kevin James. <laughs> Kevin James is the villain. Huh. Oh, holy but, but not God. not just a villain. He's a neo-Nazi convict. He's got a beard. He'll kill a child. He's... This is different. This he, is different. Hey,
0: he will get somebody to kill a child for him. He's like the guy that does the thing. He has somebody to do that for him. which makes him
1: even worse. That was
0: interesting. Hey, okay. We have talked about Kevin James many times on this podcast. I am a Kevin James fan. On the movie show, I recently recommended his YouTube channel. (laughs) I'm a fan of this guy. But wow, this this um, this performance, him being cast in this film, I, I couldn't have imagined this being a thing in, in a million years. Now, originally, Simon Pegg was slated to play the part, but then scheduling conflicts, he had to move on, and I don't know why. I'm glad they did, because it's interesting seeing James in this, but the filmmakers went, you know what? How about we get Kevin James to play the neo-Nazi? Yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like I feel like Simon Pegg. I mean that, I I can see that that could have, that would have worked I'm guessing. That's the big difference um, yeah. though.
0: I mean it's a weird sentence. I could see Simon Pegg play a neo-Nazi. But I get what you're <laughs> saying like hmm. Yeah. Let's again. Now I want to say I'm a fan of Kevin James. But I would say his range we've not seen anywhere near we this. We haven't. We've had range from say Simon Peck. Kevin James, yeah. he's the funny guy from TV,
1: King of Queens, movies, Paul Blart from that <laughs> to this. Yeah. Wow. Has he done I mean the closest to a dramatic role has been probably his romantic comedies, you know, like still comedy. Hitch is probably his most dramatic role, (laughs) and yeah, it's it's a comedy. Like he (laughs) hasn't got one. He did. I mean, there might be. I really don't think there is. No,
0: he did a film with Ray Romano. Already, you're thinking comedy called (laughs) Grilled, which I think had more of an edge to it. That came out a few years ago, before Paul Blart. But no, like I can say as somebody that has followed. I say follows it with, (laughs) but watched Kevin James movies. I was going to say follow someone who is obsessed with Kevin James, clearly. uh... (laughs) Hey, listen, I am a fan. So, again, I don't mean no disrespect, but him being cast in this film, it it took me by surprise. But he is in this film, and we get to see Kevin James do things we didn't necessarily think we'd see, like cut the stem of his eyeball. and I don't know just lots of stuff there's lots of stuff
1: in this film like you think oh wow this is not Paul Blart I mean we'll get to all the gruesome uh, grit of this film in a sec but but I'm trying to gauge are you are you giving a positive sort of take here with with Kevin James are you liking what you know he's doing I mentioned his YouTube channel (laughs) I'm just going to go back to that for a second
0: he's got He's got a character sound guy, and essentially what James is doing there with a mini production crew, he's having himself be inserted into movie scenes.
1: Mm.
0: And that's the gag. Right? He's a sound guy, he's got a boom mic. So I've spent so much time seeing him be inserted in a movie (laughs) you wouldn't normally see him in. When I first started watching this movie, that's what it looked like it did take a little bit for me to get past that and see him playing this type of role. But once I did get past that, I just went
1: with it. I surprisingly didn't really struggle with it. I, I bought it almost immediately. And maybe it's the beard. Because like, not only is he performing, obviously, in such a different dramatic way, and in such a villainous, like, evil dude kind of way. But just visually as well, he looks menacing. He looks threatening. He's, you know, he, he's already a, a big guy, but, you know, he, he looks quite tank in this movie as opposed to, you know, the, the jolly round self that you've seen him previously as, like, he, he just looks like sort of a force. And with that, with that beard and then, yeah, the bald head, with the sw- I mean the swastika is held like, of course I think
0: he's at a point yeah. in life where the bald head's not a choice but the, <laughs> the tattoo is obviously they added the tattoo but he's yeah. currently living life as a bald man but they have added <laughs> the tattoo and I'm guessing they've added the beard
1: yeah, well I don't know who be Halloween? That upcoming uh, Happy Madison <laughs> Netflix movie. That's he's got Kevin a beard James that we know. He's, Honestly, he's got a beard in that though. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Could he has grown
0: that beard. But I, looking at it, the only thing missing is the white string that goes around the back of the head, holding the beard on the face. It looks like a prop. <laughs> you reckon? For me, yes. Yes, I don't know, I, I, I didn't... Can really I remind know. you that he, on a regular basis, he's making new content. I mean, how long ago did they shoot this movie? You mentioned that it was delayed. Oh, true,
1: yeah. yeah. But he's pretty regular <laughs> with new content. For his <laughs> I'm YouTube just making channel. connections where they shouldn't be. But Home Alone meets Saw is sort of like the description that people are throwing around with this movie. Would you say that that's pretty much what you're getting? That's the movie I watched. okay good so we're on the same page i mean it is it's um you get a child as your main star confronted by these bad dudes but it's on a level of you know it's gory there's violence there's grit to it it's it's pretty it's pretty confronting and what they're getting lulu wilson to i guess do as this becky character is is pretty full-on like you know, not just a sharp object through the bad dude's face, but, like, coloured pencils, you know? The, uh, the tools of a child through the guy's eyes. Like, it's, it's full on.
0: I remember a while ago reading an article on Home Alone. And if, in fact, Kevin McAllister did attack the burglars the way that he did, he would have murdered them.
1: Like several times over. Yes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) In this movie, yeah, she does... She murders people in a very gory fashion. A lawnmower. Yes. (laughs) I mean, yeah, poor Kevin James. Lulu Wilson, in this movie, like, she is the standout. She's the title character. She's fantastic. We've seen her before, uh, recently, Annabelle Creation. I can't remember what it was, but I've seen her in a sitcom as well. But she is fantastic in this film, and you buy her as the character. And what I like is the fact that, yes, she's going after these adults, but you mentioned the pencils, the lawnmower. Like she's not doing bare knuckle, hand to hand contact. Like she's using weapons and self made weapons, and she's not always winning. Like the moment when you've got that big guy who, after killing children in the beginning, at the request of Kevin James, not the yeah. person, but the character, the character he was playing, <laughs> decided that I can't do it. Like I can't take... No more kids. No more kids, said. yeah. He, he draws yeah. a line. And that fits in with when he's going up against Becky, that he's not going to be violent towards her. So then it was more confronting when he punches him in the chest.
1: It's pretty graphic, this film. Yeah, it's, it's like intense, like a little bit, uh, yeah. Ooh. And the big guy, Apex, played by Robert Malliot. He's a big menacing guy. He is, yeah. Like I even said, you know, when I said Kevin James looks menacing and confronting in this film, but then you got that Apex guy and it's like standing next to each other. It's like, no, oh, Kevin James ain't got shit. <laughs> like, he is. He's a big guy. Uh, we mentioned in the opening Joe McHale playing Becky's
0: dad. I thought he was going to be in this movie more. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, I mean, yeah, he's in a, a fair bit. But as you said already, you know, the movie is it's Lulu James's movie. It's and secondly, it's, it's Kevin James. With with Joe McHale again, you know, like you'd be familiar with him with his comedic background and stuff. But at least we've seen him in dramatic roles. We've seen him do serious stuff before, so it wasn't as much as a, a, of a leap as Kevin James. But, you know, like just on paper, you look, hey, there's a movie coming out with Kevin James and uh, John McHale. Buddy <laughs> comedy. Sign I mean, me up. McHale, he was in The X-Files.
0: His first movie was The Bank Clerk in Spider-Man. It's, or was it spider yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man two? 2, yeah. Spider-Man 2. That was his first film role.
1: A boy yeah. of yours is a real hero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Mikhail, yeah, he's, he's good in this. You know, he's the parent that's getting walked all over by Becky. He lost his wife. And Becky's mourning the loss of her mother. And her dad is introducing new family members, a stepmom and essentially a stepbrother, because she yeah. wants to get married. So she's got a lot going on. She's, yeah. And then one thing after the other first
1: you know his dad's there's all this family and and then and then neo-nazis i mean (laughs) damn
0: can we talk about the key what is happening what is the key what's going on this is the key that dominates (laughs) yeah but there's so many questions though all right so what's happening one of the reasons why Becky isn't talking to her dad is because he's selling the family home. It picks up from school. is saying, hey, we're keeping the home. She's happy for a moment. And then she finds that a new stepmom or soon-to-be-stepmom arrives, and things go south for her. But this is their family home. Why is the key there? Why did Dominic know to find the key there? Did Dominic stash the key? Or was the key there already?
1: Yeah, like did they, did the family acquire the house at some point? And prior to that, yeah, like it was Dominic's house or a safe house for Dominic or something? Or what were led
0: to believe that this is their family home? It means so much to her because it's the only thing she has left connecting her to her mother. So but but on that, like, own.
1: how old is she, like like 12 or something? Yeah, 12, the 13, case. thereabouts. So, I mean, they could have only owned that house for 12, 13 years. But keep in mind, though, Dominic, Dominic might have been in prison for 20 years. I know, but he, he's been
0: looking for the key. He's spent all those years looking for it. If he knew where it was, if he knew it was in the house, he's not looking for it, he's waiting to retrieve it. Right. So did mum have the key, or dad have the key, or was the key, as you say, there before then? Because it could, because we don't get answers, and the movie isn't about giving us answers. It's about giving us gore and
1: violence. That's why, yeah, I'm a Guffin, but I guess, yeah, you're, you're pointing out some, I guess, some empty plot holes there, whether they're plot holes or just, just story threads that we don't get answers for. Or maybe
0: we're yeah. supposed to go away and think about it. And let's think about it. Let's talk about it. Maybe, let's say, Mom was a Nazi. And that's okay. why she had the key. And that's why Dominic what she did? is going to get it from her after hearing <laughs> that she passed. Right. Oh, okay. But at the same oh, time, okay. the Rottweilers, the two dogs, there's dialogue that Dominic has, and is making reference to the fact that they aren't purebred. So therefore, they're not, well, they're not pure. And being a neo Nazi, that's what it's all about a pure, clean right. gene pool. But then we see the painting that is uh, painted by Becky's mum. It's a painting of the family. And included in the painting is the two dogs, which would make me think then maybe she isn't a Nazi, because otherwise she wouldn't have included the dogs that aren't purebred in the painting. I don't know if I'm
1: thinking too much into this, but unless maybe thinking... she's just like a she's like a semi Nazi where like she only applies her purebred like thirst to humans. Maybe. But, <laughs> he, but it's just trying to work out the key and you're right,
0: it's the it's the MacGuffin of the movie. It's but the I mean, thing there that wasn't anything, wants
1: there wasn't anything in the movie that implied that the mother was a Nazi or something like that. Like, Other than her that's being in all, the house and Mikhail's character, Jeff, the dad,
0: seemingly knowing nothing about the key, yeah, so if he didn't know, Becky didn't know, she stumbled across it. it was hidden. The mom is the only other person in the house.
1: but again, I mean, like my impression say, my impression was that you know like for for whatever reason, he either owned the house or was was in the house at some point prior to going to prison, prior to this family owning the property. Um, And the the key obviously was stashed before then. So then, and then he went to prison and then now, you know, Dominic is out of prison and he's trying to retrieve it, but he doesn't know specifically where it is in the house or he got someone. I don't know. I don't don't know.
0: The impression I got is that he'd been spending a lot of time trying to find it not just being I thought prison. it was
1: more he spent a lot of time planning this as in planning to get out of prison and planning to retrieve the key and planning whatever else he had next but we never got to that next because lawnmower there's, there's no yes
0: <laughs> there's there's no answers we, no, we, there is we don't that. know. at this stage we're
1: just speculating
0: <laughs> When we were talking about that, it actually reminded me of the movie, the Marty Lawrence film, Blue Streak. Remember, he hides the diamond, oh, yeah. he gets
1: out of jail, It's yeah. now a police station.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway,
1: that's well, just well, well, into there. There you go. It's sort of like, I put it there, but shit.
0: <laughs> Somebody's come along well, and built maybe, a house.
1: Maybe someone built a house on it, maybe he buried it or something, or it was, you know, it was, I don't know. Maybe it was, I put it in that tree, <laughs> and then someone built a house. We get to the end of the movie.
0: You well, you mentioned many times. Dominic's dead. No more Kevin James. Lord Mower. And the lawns are mowed. Apex it's... is gone. And Apex is saying to Becky, like, it's too late for me. But it might not be too late for you. You need to turn from this path of violence. And you need to be a better person. Yeah. She shoots him in the head. He's dead. Just when he's saying, hey, maybe, and he's gone. The, the movie opens with her being interviewed in the police station and that bookends the movie and she's left and she makes no mention of the key to the police and she's holding the key. And this, again, I'm, I think with this movie, I'm reading to much, so much into <laughs> to, to most things. But it, although this isn't a movie with supernatural elements at all, it's just got that... Like, realized violence. The way she's holding the key, it almost gives the impression that she's been influenced by it, or it could just okay. be a case of her owning her future, and she's had to do some bad shit to get to that point. I don't know. it's again, it's a movie okay, that yeah. doesn't really offer anything up. It there's just no so it in, ends. In the,
1: there's two ways. It could be that she's she's like the bad guys wanted the key for something something bad i stopped them i've now got the key screw those guys i did what i needed to do or yeah it's like it's like the one ring and you know she's going all golem and she's like we need to protect my my precious key and i know i'm throwing out a lot of the rings references here and you're just like no, Oh, i like it Gollum, but, you yeah know, you get it but yeah is it is it like that and maybe is that why kevin james was so obsessed with getting the key because he's like i need it maybe okay so, so it's not just me then like, you get to the <laughs> end and you kind well, I mean, of mean i mean i didn't come to those conclusions myself but i mean you're planting those seeds in my head I like, okay but again like, possibly. I, didn't, I didn't walk away from this movie thinking
0: that's what it was but i found it, it an interesting experience when watching this film like you can't is certain things you can read into you know whether they're there or not and it really is like an open ending like the in my mind, I'm telling you,
1: yeah, I, I think because the movie really isn't giving us any seeds to go off with like, oh, you know, like the key is magical or something. I Hey, think listen, it... no,
0: I don't think it's magical at all. I don't think it's supernatural, <laughs> but I just think that this, the key somehow, whether it's in the person's mind or whatever, it's just, it, it means something to that person. And we don't oh, know like what it's. I think
1: know. it's more that, you know, Becky is now or really like she's really messed up. And this key means something now because of everything that's happened to her and everything that she's done. so whatever that meaning is, you know like I'd have to sit down for a while and really construct like a two page essay on that. but <laughs> there is there's something there there's a substance to the thematics of it, which is kind of cool for the film, but again it's there's no concrete answer. it's all interpretation and yeah, psychological interpretation. All you need and to know. Home Alone meets Saw. I mean, yeah, it really is. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah. And again, Lulu Wilson, phenomenal job. You ass. really buy her in this part because essentially she's playing a thirteen-year-old girl that is fighting men, and you don't just like think, "Oh, that's silly." You just go with it, and you and, and you're worried for them because oh, she was <laughs> Becky. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, she's she's a, a little actress that I think people should be following. Ever since those like those Ouija movies and you, you mentioned Annabelle Creation. I think she was in she was in uh the Haunting of Hill House T V series. She's one of the daughters. Oh, was she? Or one of the younger versions of oh, the boys. Right. Yeah, so like she's she's doing some good stuff. Yeah, I Top agree. Top and a half. I agree. Too. <laughs> uh
0: no, but she's good, so keep an eye on her, I reckon. Okay, so our rating then. What would you rate this movie out of five?
1: Um I find myself at a at a tricky road. But um I mean I it's I don't want to rate it too high, but I just found myself, you know, enjoying it. You know, as you know I'm um am a I'm a sucker for you know horror flicks, especially ones that are pretty stupid. Um and you know, this one is, it's a bit silly. It's, you know, the the hyped up violence and all of that, you know, is, is like full on. But, you know, it, it, it works. Kevin James makes a great villain in this, one that you, you really, you know, when he meets that lawnmower, you're just like, cool. I'm happy. I'm happy. Um, Lulu Wilson is, you know, blowing it away. And, you know, any sort of spin on a Home Alone type thing with... Just doing something different. I'm, I'm all for. Um, this might be silly, but I'm going four out of five for it. I just, yeah, there's not that much to ping about it, except for pretty much just loose threads of story and answers that you don't really get. But other than that, the story that we get in this movie is concise and, you know, there's enough there to enjoy the ride. I think we spent the majority of this review trying to work out what we
0: didn't see. With the mum, the key. I I'm up there with you. I mean at times this is a hard watch because of the violence. And I'm not just talking about the lawnmower. Like when they shot the dog dead. Like there's there's a lot of confronting imagery in this. Um, but it is a fun movie about a 13-year-old girl in most movies would be the victim. This case, she's not, turns the table on the attackers. And, yeah, Kevin James, he did it. He's made a serious movie. He did it. And it's a good movie. It's a good performance. And, yeah, Kevin James and Lulu Wilson do do make this film with very convincing performances. And I agree with you that Lulu Wilson is definitely one to watch. I want to see more from her. With you,
1: four out of five. Okay, that, that makes you feel better. I, I was like, um, I feel like I'm being ridiculous, but I, no, I, like, it, I can't it's, drop it anymore. There's certain movies, you can describe
0: them as being an experience. And for me, this was an experience. It's, we've not really seen a lot of films like this. And it's fun, it's entertaining, at times over the top. but It's just, it's a fun ride. I, I enjoyed it. So, I really do hope we get to see more from Lulu Wilson and hopefully we get to see more of Kevin James in Paul Block 3. Who knows? Who knows? Just wait. <laughs> I ruined it. I apologize. Um, okay. So, as always, uh, we like to close out on a little bit of trivia on the podcast. Um, I've got a backup because I kind of thought we'd mentioned my first bit of trivia. This is the debut dramatic role of Kevin James. He has never played a villain before. So in case you I mean, covered I, that...
1: I, <laughs> I said that, but in, it was speculation. No, 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 no. I, I hadn't knew it to be factual. I knew it
0: to be factual. I, I knew it to be factual. It did stand-up, <laughs> Kevin James, Adam Sandler films. <laughs> hey, listen, he's done yeah, others. Fair enough. But enough. Yeah, no, I, I know his back catalogue. Your trivia confirms it. This, But this is my actual trivia. And I didn't know this until yesterday. Back in the day, remember the King of Queens? Of course you do. That was the sitcom that launched Kevin James. Well, there was a four-part crossover between Cosby, which was the Bill Cosby follow-up show to the Cosby show. So we had Cosby, King of Queens, Everybody Loves Raymond, and Becca, they right. all crossed over. That's, that's the trivia. I never knew it was a, it was a thing before. So you had, like they, Between the four shows, there was a all crossover. All four in shows way. crossed over. So you had Doug from King of Queens, Ray from Everybody Loves Raymond, Hilton from Cosby. And it was across all three episodes. And then the Becca part of the crossover, all three characters ended up in Becca's waiting room. And Becca was the Ted Danson comedy.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I know all for sure. I mean, I remember the the Everybody Loves Raymond crossovers where you know Doug, you know, visited, you know, Ray in in is it Rhode Island they live in or wherever. But the thing then, there
0: though is that when Kevin James first appeared on Everybody Loves Raymond, it was before King of Queens, so he was playing yeah, yeah. a different character. He was then, playing
1: a, I think he was playing a character called Kevin. Yeah, no, I think he <laughs> was. And then, yeah. and then, and then, then eventually later, had hmm. an actual crossover with actual Doug crossover. from Queens. So it was a and, thing. And yeah, Ray was in King of Queens for a couple of episodes. And, it was but thing. I didn't know about
0: these other ones. This That's is, the interesting part, yes, because I knew about those as well. But it's like it's a wider universe. And then I was looking into it. And then there's like crossovers between Seinfeld and
1: Mad About You.
0: Uh, there's just all these crossovers i know friends did it
1: heaps is like mad about you rocked up at in friends and so it's
0: like the 90s early 2000s you know all these crossovers were happening basically i was looking for trivia on becky and that's what i found i went down the kevin james (laughs) rabbit hole but legit like surprised to find that he's doing crossovers with ted danson bill cosby that's it for our review of Becky. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts and
1: please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as at Podcast. We also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. And all our episodes can be found on our website at if you missed it, be sure to check out our recent reviews of The New Mutants and Bill and Ted Face the Music. Sounds Like Comics have an episode looking at the Green Hornet movie from 2011. And Rewind and Review went back to 1995 to revisit Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the
0: movie. Again? Doing that
1: again, <laughs> yeah, it again. I'll do it every time. You've been listening to Luke
0: and Jason, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon.